Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest on a Thanksgiving day. Happy Thanksgiving from the co-hosts of Urban Forum Northwest, Haywood Evans and Eddie Rye. We have the hardest working member of the state legislature of the Washington State Legislature on the line with us. And that's the dynamic state representative from the 37th District, Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos. Uh, Representative Santos, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And we would just let everybody know we really recorded this program on Wednesday. We're not here on Thanksgiving Day. But since Eric has to go on vacation and travel around the world, we thought we'd do the program today. So, uh, Representative Santos, we've been doing some things. We'll get right to uh, the big project in the central area, which is uh, a creature of, well, I shouldn't say a creature, but a, uh, a successful uh, effort by you to create an opportunity for people uh, who are less fortunate, and that is your House Bill 1918 that created the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority, which once uh, the people voted, it's now the McKinney Center, named for Reverend Dr. Sammy Barry McKinney, McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. And your bill, House Bill 1918, went through the House and the Senate unopposed, although we did have a couple of people from the neighborhood come down and try to derail things. It didn't work. But uh, anyway, why don't you just take this time and just share with our listeners uh, the components of the legislation and your legislative intent? Very good. And first of all, let me say thank you uh, for this opportunity. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, Eddie, Hayward, Eric, and your families, and most important to your listening audience. Um, This uh, House Bill 1918 could not have succeeded without all of your support, including your listeners, and of course, most importantly, the McKinney Coalition. The legislation is um, significant in this way. Uh, As you already pointed out, I don't think I've ever seen in my 21 years a piece of legislation moving out of the House and the Senate and um, onto the governor's desk without amendments and without uh, any uh, nay vote. So that's pretty remarkable in itself. I believe that we have uh, otherworldly forces in the spirit of Dr. Reverend Dr. Um, McKinney um, helping to guide this effort because you see the vision of House Bill 1918 and creating the Central District Preservation and Community and Preservation Development Authority is to recognize that we have in the midst of the Central District uh, a facility that was established for the people of the Central District who were economically disenfranchised and had been economically disenfranchised from um, the time that they settled in that community. Um, The building originally, many people might remember, was the original Seattle Opportunities and Industrialization Center, uh, which was a child um, that came out of Uh, the Manpower Act, and the Civil Rights Act. It was especially designed to reach out to the uh, African-American community, descendants of American-born slaves um, and African slaves uh, sold in the United States, as well as to others um, in the community who found themselves in economic disenfranchisement. The idea was to provide uh, opportunity for people to develop job skills and 
for the SOIC to provide employment training so that people could contribute to their economic welfare and the economic vitality of the Central District. Um, I don't think it takes um, much of anyone to walk down uh, 23rd or drive up Union or Jefferson or Yesler or Jackson to see that um, the community is facing tremendous displacement and um, uh, along with that, uh, we stand to lose many of our communities historic and cultural institutions, whether they be religious institutions or art institutions, this bill hopes to be able to center efforts around what we now know as the SDI building, what we will soon call the McKinney Center for uh, Community and Economic Opportunity, so that we can spread our arms throughout the Central District and save and preserve those important historic and cultural icons, uh, whether it be James Washington's house, whether it be any of our religious organizations. I'm not going to start naming them because I'm going to hear that, oh, you didn't name (laughs) such a church. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Uh, But um, we know that that, um, we have to save this in order to honor and remember the spirit um, in which... Uh, the Reverend Dr. McKinney founded the SOIC. And why don't you just uh, share with our listeners some of the characteristics of this uh, legislation? Sure. Um, so the legislation calls on a uh, interested group of community members, in this case it was the McKinney Coalition, to bring forward a proposal um, that included a geographic um, uh, parameters for the uh, legislature to consider creating a uh, CPDA. Uh, The legislature did so with House Bill 1918. The bill further uh, looks to uh, existing law, so this is not part of the new law, it looks to existing law to uh, determine how uh, how the matters of the uh, CPDA, the McKinney Center, will be governed in the future. And according to this legislation, uh, it will be governed by a board of directors uh, that includes uh, very specific uh, groups, uh, or excuse me, representation. So, for example, the bill calls for two uh, members uh, of the community who are um, who own, operate, or represent businesses within the community, two members who reside in the community, two members who are pro- involved in providing nonprofit community or social services within the community, two members who are involved in arts and entertainment with the community, two members with knowledge of the community's culture and history, one member who is involved in either a nonprofit or a public planning organization that directly serves the impacted community, as well as two ex officio members representing the local government. Now, what is important for me to say there is all of those people, so those are just some of the characteristics, but each and every one of those individuals has to be completely committed to the mission and vision of the CPDA, which is also identified in uh, House Bill 1918. Um, And that is um, to uh, ensure that uh, the CPDA 
preserves, restores, and enhances the unique history, culture, and character of the Central District, which elsewhere in the legislation speaks to um, the longstanding um, uh, presence of the African-American community. Um, the, uh, so the question becomes, how is the board going to be um, uh, formed? And um, the board, the inaugural board, will be uh, chosen by a selection committee or select committee that is jointly formed uh, or uh, not, it's jointly authorized, uh, let me say, by the members of the 37th legislative delegation and the members who brought forth the proposal, in other words, the McKinney Coalition. So um, the, the point of the selection committee is that um, those individuals will be responsible for identifying all those pairs of individuals that will be serving on the inaugural board. The legislation, though, also um, uh, prescribes that each of those individuals will be assigned um, a particular term between one and three years. All, the, all of the terms um, are set in statute, uh, but um, in order to ensure that you have a, a staggering um, uh, expiration of terms, um, the statute uh, specifies that. In the out years, in order to replace uh, the board members who will be revolving off of the board, there will be elections within the community, and those elections will be determined by a process uh, established by the board. <clears throat> now, we know that uh, the, uh, the characteristics of the central area have changed tremendously, like they have in right. Harlem, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., and many other places, with this economic inequality and 20 years of no affirmative action. And we know the right. central area is going from being 71% black to 17%. And also our total numbers of African descendants of the United States enslaved in the city has went down to somewhere between 4 and 7%. It depends on who you count. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a, uh, that, does, that does create some problems to, do, to talk about historic uh, central area as opposed to the present central area. But you say the board will be able to adopt policies to ensure that, because uh, we're not going to leave anybody out. You know, with the business development center, the pre-apprenticeship program, you know, we're going to encourage our folks to participate. But it will be a definitely a place of non-discrimination. Hopefully, it'll be looking like a rainbow coalition. So uh, right. that that's what our, our aim is. But we know that it's been years since uh, our black businesses have had nowhere to go to receive any kind of support, any kind of nurturing, and then having that anti-affirmative action mentality in all the agencies made it even more difficult. So hopefully by having a presence here, folks will have somewhere to come and get some help. Now, Representative well, Sonny. Oh, oh, go ahead. Please. Go ahead, Tammy. No, no. Um, I, I guess my question was going to go around or, or talk about the timeline. And also for those people, the listenership, you don't have to live in the central district to be a beneficiary, to receive benefit. Is that correct? No, not to receive benefits. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, those characteristics that I just identified uh, were um, uh, characteristics of the board. However, I do need to say that beneficiaries of the um, uh, the 
efforts of the CPDA, um, you know, again, the, the, the intent here is to mitigate against dislocation, displacement, and the disintegration of the community. So um, you're right. You don't actually have to live to receive benefits. Um, but um, I think the important concept here is the preservation of the community, the historic uh, culture and the buildings that prop up that culture and the community so that they're not forgotten. Um, the example that I want to use is, um, and I, I think it's important for me maybe to go back and read uh, to your listeners uh, a little bit more from the statute, but um, one of the things that I uh, referenced when I uh, stood to speak on behalf of the bill um, in um, uh, when it was uh, passing off the, the House floor, uh, was I mentioned the idea that um, um, not that long ago, I was uh, very uh, heartened to hear that um, when developers tried to come in and move into Harlem, they wanted to, you know, create these new hip you know, modern, contemporary uh, locations. And, and I don't know where this um, habit started, but, you know, like we have Sodo and uh, San Francisco has Soma. And what they wanted to do in New York was create uh, Soha. And the people and the community and the residents and those who were the caretakers, you know, of Harlem, um, the heart and soul of Harlem, rose up and said, no way, no how. Harlem is Harlem. Hmm. Harlem will always be Harlem. And you can't come in here and redefine Harlem with some brand new name called Soha, which means nothing and really erases our identity and um, the existence of our community. That is what we are trying to do here with the McKinney Center, is to create that statement, that visible, visual, and uh, visceral statement that the Central District was born by communities of color who were alienated and marginalized from elsewhere in the city. It is, uh, it is a haven for, um, for those people who have often uh, had to try and make um, uh, a living and uh, build a family and build a community on their own with no no help from outside forces. And um, this is a real testament, again, to saying the soul and um, the perseverance and the the um, vision of so many of our African-American uh, pioneers in creating community in the Central District um, is something that is worth fighting for. Oh, absolutely, because we don't like um, the fact that a lot of people, particularly in the Civil Rights Movement, get lost in the ages. Once they pass away, people forget about the history and what's transpired. Um, but looking at it, Representative Santos, what's sort of the timeline for the listening audience? Oh yes, board I'm sorry. <laughs> I started to I started to wax, and I forgot no, the, your question. I apologize. So, um, 
we, um, you know, what's really important is uh, that um, until the CPDA is created, there is no legal entity to actually uh, receive the building to, you know, serve as the uh, uh, caretaker and administrator of the building. So creating the CPDA is very, very important. And um, in conversations with the McKinney Coalition, as uh, the two of you know, um, the uh, coalition uh, wanted to advance a very aggressive timeline um, because we know we cannot uh, go beyond March of 2020. Um, that's, uh, that's an important date because the legislature will be gone uh, after that. Um, so January of twentieth uh, of twenty twenty on Martin Luther King, um, no on Mar- is it is the that Mar- Martin Luther King holiday? Holiday, the holiday yes. Yes, the Martin Luther King Day holiday. I knew it was on his birthday. That's like five <laughs> days before. Yeah, right. Um, uh, is the date that the McKinney Coalition is shooting to have the CPDA created? Which means, unless you back everything up. Uh, we need to um, have a committee up and running um, during the holidays. Yes, and the committee yeah. will be up and running. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make sure yeah. of that. So yeah. now there's also a, uh, well, you mentioned the composition already. I do want to share with you that Hayward and I did meet with uh, the president of the Washington State Labor Council and the secretary of treasurer, Larry Brown, and April Sims. And we're going to have a working relationship with them. And uh, naturally, we'll be in touch with uh, Pastor Ricky Willis, who is doing a direct hire for the uh, Urban League right now. Uh, was also heavily involved in the pre-apprenticeship program, which would be reinstituted uh, at uh, the McKinney Center. Uh, it was there once before. And this is one of the reasons why we want to have this working relationship with the Washington State Labor Council and hopefully the same relationship with the Washington with the trades as well, yeah. because this is where they go to. And, you know, we have had historical problems in terms of getting in there and especially getting people to journey out. But hopefully with the help of Larry Brown and April and others, we'll be able to have a much more positive and productive outcome. Right. Absolutely. And you rev- you mentioned Reverend Willis, and um, I think it's important for um People to know that Reverend Willis, along with Reverend Anderson, oh, here I go. See, I better not start going down oh, that sorry, list. No, but, no, right. but Reverend Willis, um, with that apprenticeship program there um, at uh, SBI, was instrumental in uh, helping to um, convince uh, then Speaker Chop about um, the um, viability of having the apprenticeship program. And so I just want to make sure that people understand that as an early member of the McKinney Coalition, um, that was an important uh, component part um, to um, convincing our leadership about the viability of this project. Well, Representative Santos, we really thank you for all the work you've done. And uh, like the former uh, State Representative Jesse Weinberry said, I've never seen a bill go through without any opposition. That's right. Although the only opposition we had was from two black folks from our community, which is unfortunate. Um, anyway, so uh, Representative, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, have thank a wonderful you. holiday. 
And we'll be in touch real soon to continue this path about creating opportunities for people in the community. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Okay, happy Thanksgiving. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back with some MLK after this. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an Orca card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, what did you know? Uh, January 20th, 2020 is the annual Martin Luther King Day celebration in Seattle. And we have a number of events that will be occurring. And uh, I guess you and I were a brainchild along with John Birchie and Christina Van Middlesworth on uh, the Opportunity Fair, which was uh, been a very successful event. Uh, we decided that rather than just have people come to the workshops, the rally and the march also provide some opportunities. So, Hayward, I know you've been doing all the work setting up the tables and stuff. Why don't you share with our listeners exactly what happened last year and what we look forward to doing this year? Well, let me put in a little historical context. It really was your brainchild, Eddie. You came up with it. You said, Hayward, can we get this together? Can you help direct it? I said, yes. And now we're in our fourth, fifth year, and it's coming fantastic. In fact, the people even last year were being hired on the spot. Over 100 people, if I recall correctly. That's right. There's going to be over 40 employers there, and their mandate is to have jobs available for the people now, uh, writing resumes, upward mobility. I mean, this is going to be a great event. It's definitely fantastic. And because Hayward and I are talking, I want to let everybody know that Sade Moore is the chair. K.L. Shannon is the vice chair. Jean Buskin, the busiest woman in MLK, she works it all year. Jean Buskin is the secretary, and Tana Yasu is the treasurer. So uh, we have a situation where we have the ladies, the women doing the work, and they are outstanding leaders. I'm telling you right now, they have it together. Uh, We will have, uh, we'll report back later on about the, the workshops, but to get information, because you can still sign up for the various committees. You can also submit information for a workshop for consideration. And uh, you can go to www.seattlemlkcoalition.org. All the information is there. There's also contact phone numbers as well. Uh, The next meeting, I think, is listed on that website. I know that I threw Fred Anderson a curve yesterday uh, because (laughs) he went to Langston Hughes and he was at Douglas Truth Library so we just want to let folks know that. The other thing we have coming up, too, is a big event, is that where we have the event every year at Garfield, in 2020 is the centennial year for Garfield High School, 100 years old. So we're going to have some of the folks like Lynn Jaffe, Carver Gate, and other folks uh, from the Golden Grads who are involved with the steering committee for the centennial celebration will also have a visible presence at the CLMLK event this year on January 20th, 2020. And don't forget how important November, the first Tuesday in November of 2020 is going to be as well. So I would like to have people check that out. We want to get folks involved. Uh, Bring your young ones to the event so you can get them started early. Matter of fact, my daughter Angela was involved when she was about two. She walked halfway and we pushed in the stroller the other half. So And she turned out pretty well by getting involved at a very early age. So... uh, 
Any other comments on the MLK event before we hear MLK? I'm glad that you said that about bringing your kids. I remember I was carrying my daughter on my shoulder during the march. It's important that we bring our children out there and they see the significance of this movement because this is, in fact, a movement, a civil rights movement. Because you all know what happened with I-1000. Yes. That doesn't mean we're going to quit. There's some disparity studies out there that they're going to have to enforce. That's right. Five of them. And it shows that we're doing really, really poorly. And we might have to just go ahead and stand up. We're not going to just might. We're going to stand up and demand inclusion and equality. Uh, we have the studies to prove that blacks, uh, Af- African descendants of the United States enslaved, have been totally discriminated against. We have the proof, and now we can have people who want to talk about quotas. We want a quota. Quota means you get the money. That's why a lot of people oppose the quotas. But anyway, we're going to hear a little Martin Luther King before we go back to Bishop Reggie Witherspoon, the new bishop. Every day people of various backgrounds live in this other America, America. Some are Mexican-Americans, some are Puerto Ricans, some are Indians, some happen to be from other groups. Millions of them are Appalachian whites. Probably the largest group in this other America. Okay, that's the voice of the man that was concerned about all of God's children. Amen. And the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we have a person on the line right now, Bishop Reggie C. Witherspoon's Sr. <laughs> and uh, Bishop Witherspoon, I want to say congratulations uh, uh, for your extension to uh, the Heights. And I know you're not done yet. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it, Eddie. It's a lot of work, a lot of responsibility that our national church is entrusting uh, within me. And uh, I just feel like God has groomed us for this moment in time and space. And, and we're looking forward to taking things to a whole nother dimension. Now, this uh, the bishop of the Church of God in Christ, is that Bishop Blake? Yeah, the way, just really quickly, the, the way the Church of God in Christ works, we we were founded in 1907 by Bishop Charles Harrison Mason. We're in over 100 countries now, um, millions of members around the world, obviously. We're the largest predominantly African-American Pentecostal denomination in the world. And we have uh, Bishop Blake, who was, presides over the entire organization. He's the chief apostle. He'd be the equivalent to the CEO of a corporation, if you will. We have a general board who is like the board of directors, if you will, and then they break everything into jurisdiction depending on where we are in the country, and each jurisdiction has a bishop who presides over that jurisdiction. So I'm presiding over the Washington Northwest Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction. And the Northwest, does that include Alaska, Idaho? No, no, it's just the state of Washington. Okay. Um, uh, any any direction in the, in the state, we've got a mint church uh, in Bremerton, and, and we're also doing working on some feasibility studies for church plants uh, in other parts of the of the uh, state. But now there are those, and if you are a neighboring state like California and or Alaska, um, if it, it particularly California, not California, but Oregon, Oregon would have would be able if the if the situation was correct to um, to jump over one state. But primarily, I am responsible for the state of Washington. Uh, uh, I want to say that my uh, nephew is uh, in, in West Angeles. We're down with Bishop Blake, and uh, I know that he's been, made trips to Africa and several places around the world on behalf of the church. Uh, okay. 
he's not, I think he's like, a, he's a minister. Uh, he's not like an associate pastor because they have so many, because Bishop Blake is so big. But I tell you one thing, it's I, my understanding that uh, half of Black Hollywood shows up in Bishop Blake's yeah, yeah, yeah. in West Angeles. Yeah, my nephew tells me about that all the time. Oh. What's your nephew's name? Uh, G- uh, Gerald, Gerald Jones. Oh, yes, sure, sure. Now, uh, Bishop Witherspoon, now, so now what's the plans locally in order to get more people turning to the church, I mean, turning to Christ? Loves them dearly as Magic Johnson and his wife. They are absolute, they've been members of West Angeles for many, many years. And we also have uh, 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 several of the actors and, and yeah, sure. musicians, Cor- all kind yeah, of famous sure, folks. Sure. Courtney Vance, Angela Bassett, they actually, you know, my son Romel also lives there, and he, um, Bishop Blake has taken quite a liking to him. He's intricately involved in the ministry. Magic is the one who hired him to be the, um, the uh, chaplain for the Lakers, and Angela Bassett and Courtney uh, use him actually to do personal things with their children. Uh, so he's just making a mark for himself. Angela and Courtney are great, great people. Courtney actually came up to my son Romel's wedding back in August. And so, yeah, he's uh, Bishop Blake doing some great, great things in the city of Seattle. Just paid the mortgage off, Eddie, on a $65 million project. Wow. Oh, that's quite an Not accomplishment. Goodness. That is quite yeah, an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, while we got you on here, uh, Bishop, I also want to let folks know that uh, – you are uh, Angela T. Rise, pastor, and <laughs> and, right. and 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 First Lady Laura is our, uh, a counselor as well. So I want yeah. folks to know that. So when she's at home, she goes to church with our godparents. Yeah. She comes to her godparents' church. She does it faithfully. And my my task, along with her dad and mother, who've done a great great job, let me please quickly say, of raising that young lady. You all have. It's just marvelous what you've done. Uh, I always keep her focused and tell her, Angela, stay focused. Don't lose who you are in the shuffle. She's definitely found her niche. And, man, is God using her mightily, and we are profoundly proud of your daughter. Well, I think her grandmother was a little bit uh, disturbed last night because, you know, the president made a comment about BS. So when the Mm -hmm. Republican commentator finished his remarks, uh, your goddaughter said, that's BS, the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was going to get, I was going, I was going to get my niece to have her four year old son Stephanie to have, have a fan watch it, and I couldn't reach oh. her. And all of a sudden, I said, "Boy, I'm so glad I did." This boy would have went back to preschool and said, "That's BS." <laughs> so I, so I'm glad he missed, yeah. he missed that one. So, uh, but uh, yeah, she keeps, she keeps those politicians on their toes, and she's a tremendous, tremendous gift to uh, African Americans everywhere, man. And so I'm just proud of that young lady. Well, I am too. Now, the other thing is that you know the community is changing, and also yeah. uh, I, I, you'll hear about what was happening with the McKinney Coalition. Uh, you'll be getting some information about a uh, selection committee and a board. Uh, once sure. the board is established, uh, that property will be be turned over to uh, the McKinney Coalition, which the legal name is the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority. Okay. And, so we'll have a place to do some training. Hayward and I had a meeting yeah. with the president of the Washington State Labor Council and the secretary treasurer on Wednesday morning uh, talking about a collaboration. They're on the Washington State Labor Council on 16th and Jackson. Uh, the McKinney Center, formerly OIC and SVI, is on 22nd and Jackson. And well, Pastor Ricky Willis, we're counting on him and Guy Astley to go ahead and kickstart that 
pre-apprenticeship program so we can start getting some of our people on these high-paying jobs so they can start moving back to the CD. But the other thing, uh, Bishop, I had suggested that our home ownership has taken a serious dip, and I was going to make appeal to the clergy, the ones that have any property, instead of uh, having renters, let's create some buyers uh, through a condominium kind of association well, when they sign in, you just can't sell it to anybody, okay? Sure. You got to come back to the association. And I think that would really help a great deal if we could get uh, the churches with property, like Mount Zion has a lot of property, uh, uh, First AME, uh, sure. New Beginnings, uh, they could have 300 units just in their parking lot. But I think sure. that we have to really start moving to try to do some things to help uplift our people, and the churches are really – uh, in the, the best position to do that, and hopefully sure. when this administration changes next year, we might get a a uh, instead of a brainless brain doctor at HUD, we might get somebody <laughs> compassionate enough to be able to make sure they put some money back in our community to make sure not only do we have the housing, but I would like to see home ownership with the churches Sorry. have the po- the possibilities of setting up these uh, community development associations, uh, which are nonprofit and. Uh, yeah. We have a gentleman by the name of Leonard Smith, who's the regional director of the Economic Development Administration, born in Seattle, graduated from Garfield. As a matter of fact, his older brother is Dr. Archie Smith, who was a mentor to uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson in the Theological Seminary. So we, so yeah, so we we have those going get all those resources together and see what we can do. I know we can do better than what we're doing. Eddie, I totally agree with you one hundred percent. Listen, I'm in a position now where I have the ear of many, many, many pastors who are under my leadership. Uh, Our local church has a 501c3. It's called Bridge. We do things revolving around um, youth, entrepreneur venues, and um, real estate. And, man, it's it's high time that the church comes together. We get rid of this slave mentality that that teaches us to not work together. And it's time that we um, advocate for ourselves. We have resources. We have the wherewithal. We don't need to ask anybody for anything. We have the power and the authority to do. We simply need to come together with a plan. And uh, what you're outlining is something that I'm telling you on the radio publicly. I am I am in on whatever I do. I want to be able, and we're going to make this happen. I believe that. And also, we really want to want your involvement in the. We'll send you the information. As a matter of fact, I think you received. Sure. There is uh, something Representative Santos and Hayward are putting together now about the structure and the timetable and stuff like that we have to uh, endure before we can get uh, the property transferred over to the De- uh, Preservation Development Authority. Hey, and and Bishop, uh, Bishop Witherspoon, when you have the time, I do want to sit down and talk to you. Put together a proposal uh, for what we call Heaven's Attic. And what it would be is bringing the black churches together where, you know, like me, I had an old Mercedes. I was trying to find a place to donate it. I ended up giving oh, wow. it to the Salvation Army. But we were thinking if the black churches work as a collective and say we want to donate items because we're constantly giving things to Goodwill, why can't sure. we have our own facility? The churches contribute, each have a barcode. When something's sold, a percentage wow, like of that, that money goes back to that church. I, I was development director for the uh, for Volunteers of America and the March of Dimes. Here in the community, you know, I set up thrift stores before, but I just want to sit down with you down the line sure. and, and lay out a proposal for you. I think it's a way we can generate some serious income, and there's money available for OJT on-the-job training for the people sure. to learn how to operate 
uh, operate the cash registers, to set up the clothing, to prepare everything. But anyway, I want to plant that seed with you. I'm looking forward to getting with you. But tell me this. I'll be happy to do so. Tell me this. Now, what are your plans for the, the church now? What's going to be what's going to be your big push here in the state of Washington? With a local church or with my as a jurisdictional bishop? Jurisdictional bishop. It is our, our real push is to empower local churches to be relevant within their communities. That is what I'm very, very concerned. I kind of feel like this. Here's, here's the deal. Tell this to our leaders all the time, our staff. If our church leaves the community, will miss us? If the answer is no, they will not miss us, then we've failed miserably. So I'm wanting to empower pastors Excellent. to be effective in community development, um, being involved in uh, entrepreneurial venues to teach people that it's time for us to become self-sufficient. That's going to be a, a driving force with us, trying to do what we can to acquire as much real estate as we can, we are going to have a strong, strong thrust toward reaching and empowering the millennial generation and our youth. Our youth, man, look, look, we are leaving a world of disaster with them. We've got to really, particularly, for instance, in our church, everything we do, we make sure that a young person knows how to do it. <laughs> so I'm really going to be interested in, in mentoring young people and preparing them to be the leaders going to be a strong, strong push for us. Well, Bishop, before you go, I want to introduce you to uh, Mayor Kent Keel from University Place. Pierce County is the only jurisdiction or county to have two black mayors. Yep. Uh, Mayor Kent Keel, are you there? I am. Okay. Hey, I, 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 I wanted to introduce you by on the phone to Bishop Reggie C. Witherspoon, Sr. Uh, he is a newly ordained bishop. And uh, Bishop, do you have any churches in in uh, the Tacoma Pierce County area? We have, yes, we have a church in Puyallup. The um, it, it, it's it's um, a wonderful church in Puyallup, and we got a couple potential churches uh, in in the Tacoma area uh, that we're working on as well. I'm I'm trying to I'm drawing a blank. I know the church well. Um, they're in they're in. Um, and here I'll, it, it, the name will come to me mm-hmm. uh, in in just a moment. But yeah, it's, it's it's Superintendent Ronnell McGraw. They're doing a, as a matter of fact, they're doing a feeding tonight, Thursday and Friday, feeding over a hundred families. Mm-hmm. Doing a marvelous work there uh, in the Puyallup area for sure. Okay, I want to make sure you meet uh, the mayor. Kent Kill is going to be the chair of the Sound Transit Board. Is that right, Mayor Kent? Uh-oh. Sounds good. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I will be. But, you know, uh, there's no introduction needed uh, for me and uh, Bishop Witherspoon. We, we've been knowing each other for more than 40 years. Oh, that's oh, right. Man, come on. There it is right there. All right, there. It's Praise Chapel is what I was thinking of. But, Mayor, I'll look forward to, as your and my schedule allows, we really need to sit down and spend some time and collaborate. It is time for us to do some joint things that really, really – Press our people forward. I've got grandkids now, and uh, you all, I'm very concerned about them. We need to leave legacies with our kids and our grandkids. And as we have the resources, it's time for us to just come together. And uh, no matter who gets the credit, let's just get the work done. Thank you, Bishop. Yeah. Amen. I should have known Mayor Ken Kill and Bishop would know each other, two movers and shakers. Yeah, there you go. So Amen. what else can I say? Mayor. Well, happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to you and the family, and I, Bishop. And I will get together soon, and a happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thank you for having me. Um, much love to you. Okay, then. Thank you.
Okay. Oh, okay, we'll see you all. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, first of all, Mayor Kent Kill, uh, happy Thanksgiving. And second of all, congratulations on your reelection. And uh, also, you. you're going to be uh, being responsible for a mega agency that's coming towards the Pierce County area. And that's in the form of the Sound Transit mm-hmm. Board. So, uh, well, I just wanted you to take the opportunity to go ahead and just make our listeners aware of who you are, a little bit about your background and things like that. And so you've been knowing the bishop for for, for, 40, for 40 years. Yeah. So all right. And I'm only 47. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, I, I'm originally from, uh, I'm a Texas person, and I came up here. Uh, my dad was uh, with my dad in the military, and then I was in the military for uh, a while and moved around and came back after I got off of active duty and came up here for a visit in 1979, and uh, I never left. All right. And, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, of course, I started my work career, and and, uh, and by training, I'm a, a technologist uh, by training. Uh, that's how I fed my family for uh, these 40 years, is uh, just being an IT professional. And um, soon we'll be retiring uh, from all that work here uh, in the next couple of years. And uh, during that time, I I spent a lot of time and moved into University Place and bought our home. Uh, we've been there for about 33 years and uh, got really interested in um, education uh, at our local school board because, of course, I had kids uh, come through the system and I wanted to stay involved with them, and I ended up uh, running for a school board. And one, uh, I, I held um, three terms on our school board and served as, hmm. as board president for a couple of times. Uh, so after 10 years of uh, doing that, uh, some of your listeners may have heard of uh, uh, this golf course called uh, Chambers Bay, yep. which yeah. is actually in University Place. And... Uh, in those formative years, we, as a city, were trying to build our town center and also get Chambers Bay built, and, and just a lot of things going on, and, and it weren't, it wasn't so positive uh, back in 2008 when the economic uh, downturn and all those kind of things, and and uh, just uh, the city was in, in debt, and everyone was complaining, and, and I was one of the ones. My friends told me, look, can't either um, run for the city council or just stop complaining. And uh, uh, I had to take a step back and 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 said, you know, there, there's a there's a there's some wisdom in that. And so I decided to run for for council and won. Uh, and uh, I just uh, this past uh, election cycle, I just won my third term to council. And uh, we we turned things around in our city. Uh, our, our town center is built. Uh, we've got businesses there. It's uh, thriving uh, economic center uh, within Pierce County, one of the leaders in Pierce County. Uh, we've got the only Whole Foods in West, in Washington State between um, Seattle and Vancouver, Washington. Mm. So, uh, we've got Trader Joe's, which is uh, less than a mile away. I think that's the only um, scenario where we've got two leading grocers that close to each other on the West Coast. A lot of other uh, high-end businesses are coming to, into UP, and so we're really, really on a on an upward swing uh, within our our town. Uh, uh, we, as 
everyone knows uh, we hosted the 2015 U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, and mm. and oh, when private jets flying in, <laughs> yeah, private jets, yeah, private jets <laughs> flying in, uh, you know, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, mm-hmm. all the names. Of course, um, that year, uh, uh, Jordan Spieth won, and uh, he actually had his caddy is from University Place. As a matter of fact, he, uh, his caddy was a, uh, a teacher in uh, one of our schools, mm. school districts. So that was a great story uh, uh, that we were able to tell. To, uh, well, I, I, think the, I, I think the great story, Mr. Mayor, is that the University Place was in debt. But now under your leadership, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, now, as the chair of Sound Transit, is the rail going to go all the way to University Place, or, or is it going to just stop in downtown Tacoma? Is it going to continue out? No, it's uh, the light. Well, there's two rails. There's the, the sounder um, that is going to go down, uh, plan, hopefully uh, go down into DuPont, I think is the plan so far uh, down the road. But the light rail is, uh, um, that's probably the one you're talking about. Yeah. The plan for ST3 is for it to stop one block away from our city limits, uh, which is going to be at the at TCC, Tacoma Community College. Um, there's an intersection, uh, 19th, 19th and Mildred. That's where it's going to terminate right now, according to ST3. That's right at our border. That That is absolutely excellent. Once, once again, under your leadership, it's going in the, going in the right direction. So now, for people who haven't been to University Place, can you share with the listening audience uh, how to get there and why they should come visit? Because I, I need to get back there. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great um, community. Obviously, I, I believe that. Uh, we are, um, if you're heading over to Gig Harbor on the, uh, on the Narrows Bridge, uh, University Place is the one city, uh, if you're heading onto the bridge, heading west onto the bridge, to the right of you is Tacoma, and to the left of you is University Place. We're right along um, that that uh, border of the, um, the sound uh, on the Tacoma side, heading south in between uh, Tacoma, Silicon, and Lakewood. Those are the three um, towns that border us on on three sides, and then we've got the um, the, the Bay, Chambers Bay, on the fourth side. Uh, great community, 33,000 folks. We actually were the fourth largest city in um, in Pierce County behind um, Tacoma, Lakewood, and, and Puyallup. Uh, although I think some years we beat out Puyallup, but uh, we go back and forth. Yeah. Great community. Uh, a lot of uh, professionals live there. Um, before we incorporated, a lot of business owners and professionals, doctors, lawyers, and that lived in University Place, and they would just uh, work into, uh, you know, going to Tacoma for work. So, uh, yeah, you should definitely come out, you know, play some golf, uh, you know, shop at uh, Whole Foods. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great little community. And I like the idea, the fact that I, I see you at uh, at uh, Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective yeah. frequently, and I guess you and Jim Walton have a lot in common, y'all both from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we try to make that eminently clear to everyone every chance we get. <laughs> yeah, because Lyle, that's Chicago Lyle. Yeah, Chicago Lyle. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, 
your future plans in terms of uh, what do you how do and how do you perceive the things that Sound Trans are going? Is there you know we've had meetings and they adopted a policy to use smaller businesses legislation that Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos had passed in two thousand seven, which would allow smaller businesses to compete competitively, and uh, no public agencies were were using it, and uh, Sound Trans did adopt a policy. And we have to follow back up with Leslie and find out exactly how well people did or, and what kind of participation we had. Uh, just wanted to get your comments on what do you do in the face of I-1000 passing or failing, I should yeah, say. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a strong supporter of I-1000, I and um, and I didn't, I didn't uh, care who knew that. I, I tried to make that clear to everyone that spoke with me. Um, and uh, what I, I've done with uh, Sound Transit is, is basically um, encourage that thought. And, and, and I'm happy to, to say that um, Sound Transit is trying to make, be very uh, open and clear about uh, their support um, for small businesses, minority businesses. Um, we've had, you know, before I got on the board, I heard of some, some missteps and some things mm-hmm. that weren't as clear. And, uh, a lot of folks have brought a lot of attention to that. And yeah, we did close some yes, jobs, though. Yes, we, we did, did. that. <laughs> and, right, yeah. matter of fact, Ron Sims was chair of the board. He yeah. held the very first contractor for 45 days. I must admit, though, I'm, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised with the direction that Leslie Jones and the group is, is taking. And I think that by having a person like yourself at the leadership role in the, in the, in the board will also uh, be of a great benefit to us as well. Yeah, I mean, my, my focus is going to be uh, if they, if I am uh, eventually elected uh, chair, uh, that still has happened in January. I mean, uh, it, 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 it's highly likely that it will, but it still has happened. Are you vice um, chair right now, though, right? Yeah. I, I'm one of two vice chairs. Okay. Correct. Okay. And, the, and the chairmanship goes to Pierce County um, this time around, and um, and, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I should Chair. The past chair was the uh, uh, executive for Snohomish County. Snohomish, that's okay. Right. Okay, and, and, right. and you know, on that note, I believe there's a federally approved disparity study that can be used as well because it made some clear recommendations, and they show that uh, discrimination exists. But I know that you have that packet. Well, Ken, right. you know, we're going to we have to. We are out of time. We'll go into this. We're going to have you back on with a little Absolutely. bit more regularity. So I want to thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And we'll be in touch real soon to, to follow up on this. All right. Thank you so much. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Okay. We got one break to take before we do the Thanksgiving Day turkey dance. Uh-oh. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an Orca card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. Eric likes that tune. Anyway, I want to let you know, Urban <laughs> Forum Northwest is brought to you by the Port of Seattle, soon to be the Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Office, Concourse Concessions with Dave Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC with Jerry Whitson and Ron O'Neill, 
Soul Sys Media with Stephanie Ogle does our technology. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>